Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Welcome to the fourth episode of the 1138 Podcast. My name is Rudy, and today I get a chance to bring you a conversation I had with Kristen Hagen, who is married to Mark, and I've known both of them for um, about 20-something years now. So, um, you know, it's it was a great conversation, just getting a chance to catch up with Kristen. If you know her, uh, you'll know just how much, how kind she is and how wise she is, and today in this conversation, you'll hear her talk about some of the practices that she has to stay close to Jesus um, in all of these years and walking with him. She has gone back to school. She's started a website and a blog. She's um, very into um, being healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, and she has a lot of great things to offer us. So Uh, As you listen to this conversation, I hope that you're encouraged just as much as I was. So thanks for listening and enjoy this time. Hi, I'm here with my friend, Kristen Hagen, and uh, we've known each other for a long time, but I want to thank you, Kristen, for getting on the 1138 podcast and being willing to sit with me today and and to talk. So welcome. Glad to do it. Awesome. Well, yeah. So Kristen, you know that uh, we've known each other for a while now. So let's see, in my estimation, it would have been the fall of 1992, spring of 1993, somewhere around there that we would have met. And there's there's a decent chance neither one of us remember how (laughs) we met. But um, any thoughts on that? Did you remember those days? Um, I I could not tell you when we met. I don't, unfortunately, I don't remember meeting you the first time, but I don't remember meeting Mark the first time. So it doesn't really, doesn't really tell you a lot. Um, But if it was in 92, that was a significant year because that's when Madison was born that year. Okay. So I don't know if you remember if I was pregnant or I just had a baby or <laughs> I was probably always pregnant back then. <laughs> I do not remember either. Yeah. So yeah. So Kristen, you just mentioned you're ma- you're married to Mark. Yeah. Mark Hagen. Okay. And so I had Mark on uh, last week on the podcast. And so now we get a chance to hear from your side. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you guys though. So you don't remember meeting him. But where did you meet? Uh, you know, if you can kind of recall, tell us the story of you guys being together. Okay, well, that's actually a pretty good story. Um, if you ask Mark how we met, he, did you ask him that? Actually, I haven't seen the video. <laughs> I did not ask him, but I should go back, yeah. yeah. Um, so he would say, well, it was dark. It was about midnight. She was soaking wet and I hugged her. Oh, my goodness. And what actually happened was it was at my baptism. So <laughs> it, it was <laughs> it was dark and it was about midnight. And I just gotten baptized in this stream outside somewhere crazy. And he was there, but there were lots of people there. Um, mm-hmm. Hugged a lot of people that night. And I don't mm-hmm. remember specifically meeting Mark. <laughs> but his roommate was the one that baptized me and had 
significant um, role in leading me to the Lord. So I got to know Mark through his roommate, Mike, who's also a pastor. Yes. Yes. And that was in Columbus, Ohio? I was in Columbus, Ohio at Ohio State University. Yeah, we were both in college then. Yeah. It was during the Jesus Freak movement, you know. It was crazy times, uh, wild times. We were radical. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, saved, baptized, and joined the church and maybe within a few hours, I think. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you being so radical, 19, <laughs> what, 88? Uh, 1979. 79. Okay, 1979, the radical Kristen Hagen, Columbus, Ohio. What part of that woman still <laughs> lives inside of you today? Oh, wow. You know... I forget that I'm old until like I look in the mirror because mm. most of my friends are young. Um, and I feel like I'm the same person inside. Yeah. It's just yeah. body doesn't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't, I still feel like a kid a lot of times or <laughs> a young person. Oh, um, that's awesome. I don't but I realize that I'm not, but <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same person, just hopefully sanctified. Yes. Are <laughs> there, are there those, you mentioned it's, it's those steps of obedience. It sounds like in 79, you know, you're just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and then you're in the church. Yeah. Uh, okay. That, that strikes me as just quick obedience. So my, my question to you is, what like how are you how do you display demonstrate that today is are there things in your life where you're just like yeah i am just if i know what it's good it's good i'm going for it i'm just gonna go all in um wow i am i'm definitely an all or nothing person Mm. Um, so i think that part's probably easy for me if if i'm convinced something is right and if it's the lord's will that's really Mm. Need to know. I think you know that's kind of kind of how it's been my whole life, my whole Christian life. Um, even marrying Mark, you know, he was not the type of person I would have ever considered <laughs> marrying <laughs> before. You know? yeah. And but I had this strong feeling that that's who God wanted me to marry. Um, I'm very thankful for that because that was mm. you know, besides getting saved, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, so I, I like being radical. I think I'm just wired that way. Um, probably the harder part is just being ordinary and mm. being content in the mundane every day, day in, day out things of life. (laughs) Yeah. That's harder for you. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, so something I've thought about, gosh, it's been a long time now, De- definitely over a decade, where I, I've just been struck by the mundane. Okay, so maybe you and I come at it differently here. 
but I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Um, when you and specifically Moses, for whatever reason, I've thought of Moses, and I, and I, honestly, it's probably because of Mark. Okay, and Mark's talking about, you know, like 40 years in the desert, you know, and then all of a sudden <clears throat> we we yeah. see this God arrive on the scene, right? But to me, I wonder. <laughs> What's the average Monday morning for Moses? Year <laughs> year three, and and this is what I've thought. Excuse my my frankness, but I've thought most people I know in the morning get up and use the restroom, and then probably brush their teeth or some version of that order. Probably put on some new clothes and probably get on to eating breakfast and having some quiet moments to get prepared. Anyhow, my point is that Moses, an average man, every Monday, the average Wednesday, 6, 6 a.m., what does that look like for Moses? To me, it it there was just that he just was living. We don't get to see it we, you know, in the scriptures. He runs away, and then he, the burning bush, and everything in between is just this life being lived the mundane if you will so i'm curious for you yeah what do you think of that it, are you am i missing something there what what what's what happened to moses what give us an insight <laughs> into the mundane yeah um i i think that's a really important thing to meditate on because i think sometimes when you read the bible especially uh if you are like a radical type wired person, you read the Bible and it's just the excerpts of mm -hmm. these wild things that happen to people, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't, like you said, you don't read in the Bible, Moses got up and, you know, he went to the water and washed his face and, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. and he sat down and ate breakfast. That's not in the Bible. Yes, yes. Um, and I think, the thing that's um, really probably transformed my Christian life is learning that it's not all about doing the big things or mm. even accomplishing anything. It's what matters to God is having a thankful, worshipful, and humble heart. And in one sense, mm. I doesn't really care what I do. <laughs> mm. I do. It's so easiest for us to get caught up in that. Yes, let's hop on a bus. Let's go plant a church. Let's, you yeah. know, cold turkey evangelism. Let's do these radical things because we wanted to be significant. Mm. We to do significant things. And I think mm. both of us have had to learn that we are significant no matter mm. what. So yeah. we were created by God and he chose us. Who knows why? Um, but that's what gives us value. It's not, my value doesn't come from what I do. It's mm -hmm. I'm as a daughter of the king of kings. Mm. That's really good. <laughs> really good. I'm a, I'll be speaking on Ephesians 1 in oh. a week and a half. Ooh, I'd like to hear that. And uh, I'm titling the series Native. You know, we live out here in Colorado, and there's a lot of these stickers on people's cars that say native, it, it's kind of similar to Texans, you know, 
I wasn't born here, but I got here as quickly as I could or native Texan. And, and people seem really proud about being here, but um, I'm trying to hit home that uh, one, that none of us are native in Christ. Um, but once we are native, we're always native, but then, you know, you don't, you don't start off native, but I'm grateful to be a native now. And, and then specifically the thing that struck me uh, this in my study is uh, Ephesians one B one B. Yeah. To, to the, to the saints in Ephesus faithful in Christ Jesus to two geographies, Ephesus and in Christ, a spiritual geography and a, 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 a earthly geography. But the rest of the chapter and the rest of the book, really, he emphasizes in Christ. And that's where identity, our identity comes from. It's that geography of being in Christ, not being from Ephesus, not being from Austin, not being from Columbus, but rather you're in Christ. And um, anyhow, so I've been kind of wrestling with that thought, but that identity thing is so big, as we all know. What's something identif- in, for you that you, in, in terms of just, okay, you want to keep walking with the Lord. You're walking with the Lord. How many years have you been walking with the Lord? And what's an identif- identity thing that you wrestle with? And then what's something you just kind of go, gosh, that I don't wrestle with that anymore. I, I feel like I, I've got that one. Or do you have those? Okay, wait, there's a lot of questions there. There are three questions. How long have you been walking with the Lord? Um, let's see. 40 years. Okay, 40 years. And in those 40 years, identity's been huge. It, it still is huge. It'll never go away, right? Your identity in Christ right. is important. So what is something, what is a, qualify, a quality of being identified in Christ that you resonate with really quickly? Just think, I am so grateful for that. A quality of Christ? A quality of being in Christ, your identity being in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would say that being in Christ means that I am shepherded. And mm-hmm. uh, Jesus being the good shepherd is a really um, precious uh, visual image to me. I have a big classic painting in my kitchen of mm. Good shepherd with a little lamb on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lamb has a smile on his face. Mm. <laughs> I look at that lamb and, and I just, I love the image of being carried by Christ. Um, that um, the ESB commentary on Psalm 23 says that <clears throat> God's majesty is seen in the way he intimately cares for his covenant lambs. And wow, I love being a covenant lamb, <laughs> mm-hmm. being carried. Um, when Jesus says, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Um, that being able to rest in Christ, being able to enjoy that Sabbath rest, that is just so huge for mm-hmm. being someone mm-hmm. who tends towards. Uh, striving and anxiety, um, I just always have to come back to I'm being carried on his shoulders mm. and can just smile and look at the face of my Savior and mm. carry me through like he always has. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love, I can picture the, the painting. <laughs> yeah. That is so good. 
You know, it's interesting you bring up anxiety because I don't think of you as an anxious person and never have. And I think of you as sweet, kind, steadfast, <laughs> wise, appreciative. I mean, you're, you've always, to me, you've, you've been um, like a stabilizing force around lots of other, sometimes chaos. Uh, but you, you say you're an anxious kind of works-based person. Um, put those two worlds together for me. Like, because to me, it seems like, gosh, you really know how to be carried. Yeah. Back. Yeah. It's, it's easy for me. It's easy for me to trust God with big things for some reason, like, you know, do you want to move to Texas from Ohio? Sure, that'd be great, you know. Do you want to go to grad school and your old age? Sure, you know, whatever you want, God. Things mm. like that. But with the little, again, back to the mundane, hey, what do I do the next hour? You know, I have a list of 25,000 things. <laughs> what what do I do first? You know, mm. that's, that's where I get anxious and I think people who don't know me really well think I'm more of a laid back quiet person mm -hmm. inside I'm very tightly wound mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think God has calmed my heart uh, quite a bit but mm. I'm always having to like the psalm says um, recompose my heart mm. every day every day every morning I have to recompose my heart and get back to that Sabbath rest. Okay, so uh, I was reading today, and and it's I've been thinking about this, and I'd be I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, that maybe more than ever, and and it's hard to say perhaps, but maybe more than ever, our society is is riddled with anxiety, mm -hmm. with fears and anxiety, loneliness, isolation, anxiety. And you just talked about recomposing. So it, it, the spirit of this podcast is go forward in the name of Jesus. So I want to help people continue to be encouraged to keep going in the Lord. And, and we all need help, I think. With that thought of recompose and, and the society's tendency towards anxiety, fear, loneliness, isolation, what, what would you how can you pass on some wisdom? What are ways you recompose? What are helpful tips? Help us recompose so we can <laughs> battle these th the, the overwhelming flood of anxiety in our culture. Yes, yes, that's a great question. I, I think we all need to slow down, mm. everybody that I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. We need to slow down and do less. Mm. Um, and I have to tell me, myself that all the time, every day. I mean, I start out with my list and I cut it in half because that's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I think the things that have consistently helped me recompose and enter in that rest, um, right, two, two main things. One is just making it a absolute priority and being ruthless with the priority of getting time alone with God, undistracted time alone, sitting at the feet of Jesus every day, mm. listening, listening mm. and recomposing. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't live without that. And I, I didn't 
start my Christian life out being consistent in that. It took a long time floundering around to mm. follow Mark's great example of mm-hmm. in that time. Mm-hmm. Because I kept trying to make it a works thing, crossing it off my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I desperately needed it. And I think mm. I really admitted, oh, yeah, I really, really need to sit quietly at your feet every day, Lord. I can't function in, mm. in the spirit. Um, so, yeah, just having that daily time every day. And then... Um, Another thing that took me a long time to establish was having a Sabbath day every mm-hmm. um, And, you know, that doesn't just mean that I don't work that day, but really having a day focused on the Lord and being in the Word and um, just uh, immersing myself in God's and who God is. And um, that's another thing I just, I can't function a few years ago when I did go back to grad school when I finished grad school I had to do an internship to be able to take my tests my boards and um, the internship was extremely intense where I went to class um, every Mm -hmm. evening like you know all the evening hours and then during the day I uh, worked at different rotations. So I'd rotate different, you know, clinics or hospitals or whatever. Hmm. Um, so it was like a 16 hour day every day. Wow. I'm an old lady trying to do that. <laughs> I, it was, it was just so much to do. And I told myself at the beginning of that internship, I'm never going to make it unless I take one day off every week and just spend time with the Lord. Don't hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for the next day and that's I think that's the only way I got through that internship and I realized my whole life is in some ways an internship <laughs> and wow. yeah I just that Sabbath yeah. has just been a really key key thing um, in keeping my spirit calm and composed mm. mm-hmm Otherwise, it just builds up. That anxiety level just builds up a little bit more and a little bit more. So. Yeah. Is there a go-to section of scripture for you that, that you find um, yourself coming back to? Yes. Um, when I started grad school at Texas State, this was uh, seven years ago now, mm-hmm. and I rode the bus from Austin to Texas wow. State on a 30-minute <laughs> drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, it was crazy. Um, and I loved it because um, I could, that's when I would have my quiet times. And I all, this was before I had the Bible on my phone or anything, you know, way before I became techie. <laughs> and I just had a tiny little pocket Bible. And um, I would get confused where I was reading and so I just came up with this plan basically just because it was easy I just read a psalm a day but then I kept losing my place after 30 days you know then I know where to go so I started reading five psalms a day um, and the way I do it is like if it's the first day of the month I read the first 31st 61st 91st and 121st 
read 30 Psalms. So mm-hmm. in a month, I can read all the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Read the proverb too. And I just thought, I'll just do this, you know, for this semester. And I loved it so much. And it was mm-hmm. so refreshing and encouraging to my soul that I've never been able to stop doing that. I mean, I read wow. other books in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try, I, I listen to the Bible a lot. So, <laughs> so every day I'll read my five Psalms and my proverb of the day. Um, but then also I always want to have a place in the new Testament that I'm studying and a place in the old Testament. And then now that you can have the Bible on your phone and listen to it, I can listen to the entire Bible every three months. So I just mm. listen to it driving or when, you know, I'm getting ready in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that just being in the word so much is, um, it's just, it builds me up. Uh, but your question was a, a particular place, and that would be the Psalms. Mm-hmm. The Psalms are just, mm-hmm. uh, help me live out of my new heart mm-hmm. <laughs> that God's given me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's really, really good. I was uh, talking with a friend this week, and he was asking me for tips on how to become more consistent in in the bible um he wants to but he's he's so afraid of um the work side of things and specifically turning into kind of robotic mindset um and so we were we were talking about that and and that last thought kind of struck me with that because you you said you know out of your new heart and and i was mentioning to him that um to me part of that part of for me what's helpful is realizing i'm not a robot you know, and so because I'm not a robot, I have this heart that desires God and needs God. And I can't just like, um, I can't just plug in the machine. I have to like plug in a different way to a living being. And, um, and that's a totally different mindset. That's a totally different uh, mechanism than a, a cord, you know, there you go and flip the switch, you know, so, um, so anyhow, that, that's something that came up this week. Um, well, great. So you've mentioned grad school a few times, and um, and so tell tell us about that. When when you said seven years ago you went back, and tell us the process of of um, you getting to that place. Okay. Um, so when I went to college the first time, I got a a bachelor's in nursing, um, and that was in eighty one. Mm. Um, I worked as a nurse a little bit, um, but once I started having children, I didn't really work very much those all those years that I was raising kids and doing homeschool. Mm-hmm. But when my youngest, when Madison was um, in high school, I thought, well, I'm not homeschooling anymore because he was going to a public high school. And there's no one else at home. I thought, well, I should work because <laughs> mm-hmm. I am a nurse. <laughs> and, you know. So I went yeah. back to nursing. And um, I was amazed at the difference in the population of patients from when I worked 20 years before. And then mm-hmm. again. Um, mm-hmm. So patients with um, chronic diseases like heart disease, diabetes, stroke, mm-hmm. they, 
were so much younger and so much more of them. Hmm. And I was amazed. And I, mm-hmm. I started thinking a lot about how if they would have made some changes in their lifestyle, they could have prevented going down that road because mm. there's these awful chronic diseases. You can try to manage them, but they're terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, epidemic per- proportions in our mm-hmm. right now. So I really had the desire of wanting to focus on wellness and prevention, you know, to keep mm-hmm. people healthy, get them on the mm-hmm. health train. <laughs> mm-hmm there rather than you know once they do get sick i can take care of them as a nurse but i can't cure them um so i've always been kind of good in nutrition um you can um go on my website and read i have my story about you know how i really went down this road Mm -hmm. so i got my master's from texas state in nutrition science and then mm-hmm. to become a registered dietitian, that's why I had to do the internship. Okay. And I really love what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm basically just doing contract work. Um, okay. Because it fits around my life. Um, I, my um, family comes first and mm-hmm. very active with my church. And so contract work helps me. Um, keep those as priorities mm-hmm. uh, and it, I just can fit it in whenever I want to basically. Wow. That's a blessing. Yes, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. So mostly I'll either like teach seminars or do workshops or do cooking classes, mm. um, do one-on-one nutrition counseling. Um, so. Wow. That's That's, <laughs> I love that. I, I have your email to me pulled up and you've got the, you know, the credentials behind your name. And so I, I was, I wasn't sure what all of them meant. So this is, this is great. I love that. Um, and the website is peaceofhealth.org. That's right. Peace as as heart peace, right. P E A C E of health.org. And I'll put that in the show notes too, because people can go out and, and look at this. And I love your, your verse Ecclesiastes two. There is nothing better than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in work. This is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or have enjoyment? Yeah. Why'd yeah. you choose that? I love that. I, just, I can't separate health and wellness and food and nutrition from a biblical worldview. It mm-hmm. is all fits in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless... Unless you start with that, it gets really twisted and confusing. Mm. And one thing I'd love to do is especially speak to uh, believers. Mm-hmm. The rotation in my internship that I loved the most was a church wellness rotation. So oh, okay. It was um, actually a nurse that ran it, and she wanted a dietitian to come alongside her and help with the nutrition part of it. But um, someday I would love to be able to do more of that hmm. um, if God leads me in that direction because I feel like um, there's a lot of nutrition advice out there. Um, I mean, you know, the internet is just full of it. Some of it's good, some of it's not so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's really not a lot that is um, wrapped up with a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And 
put in that context. And I, I feel like that's what I want to move towards and, mm. and be able to somehow convey to people. I am, um, I'm intrigued for <laughs> sure. Um, so, and let me tell you a little bit of why, but, um, well, first of all, this morning I was reading a blog entry from a, a Canadian pastor that I follow. His name is Kerry Newhoff, and I listen to his leadership podcast, which is, I think, fantastic. But um, on his blog, he was talking about, um, uh, I don't really remember what, <laughs> seven, seven points of ministry. But one of the points was uh, you, you need to be healthy. And so he was talking about character and he was talking about um, integrity, I think, and then health. And then he got into some of the strategies like, okay, maybe you ought to do X, Y, or Z. But he said, these are not as important as these first three. And his, his point is um, one of his points was, was if you're not healthy, um, you really can't be of much use to anyone, you know, um, but he he said it a lot better than that. But um, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to touch base with you is because um, our church has some health goals this year, and what you just said makes me think. Okay, so you're only a, an airline flight away. <laughs> Colorado is a pretty nice place to visit. You know, maybe we can set this up and 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 bring you in, and you could test run some things on us because we need health. I believe it, oh, wow. and uh, and I'm curious about that that worldview and getting to see that. And let me really quickly tell you, um, for us, it started with um, various kind of observe observations I was making. And so, um, as you probably know, we're we've planted this church out in a uh, Colorado mm-hmm. a year ago. Uh, and when we got here, Brooke started working out physically. We have a little gym in the neighborhood and she was, she was working out and, and I thought, well, this is, this is great. I I love it. And she would invite me to go and I really don't like working out. And so I'd say no, most of the time, but I was noticing she was really enjoying this. Okay. So that physical working out, combine that with, um, some health issues that Garrett was going through, um, physical health issues that were impeding his his life here, um, some financial health issues that we were all suffering by moving out to an expensive part of the country. Um, and then what I thought to be maybe some, um, some health issues regarding spiritual health. And so I put all those things together and I thought, okay, Brooke's really leading the charge in physical health, but we need we're more than that. We need lots of all our components. So anyhow, long story short, we set out some goals for 2019 for the health of Allium Church. And we had everybody uh, basically self-assess where we thought we were in various areas and then provide that for accountability and say, help me grow in these areas. And one of our values is always learning. So Nobody's arrived. Nobody's finally made it. We're all striving onwards to know Jesus better. And so wherever you're at, you have a place you can take a step forward was our thinking. So anyhow, that's that's a 2019 goals. And when, when January hits, we'll set them again for 2020 and see where we're at. But I think it could fit really well, it sounds like. For sure. <laughs> what you're saying, 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you want to come and help us? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, I would. I would love That's really what I want to do. That's mm. top, top love of what um, God wants me to do right now, as far as vocationally, would be helping churches or believers um, love God with more strength. You know, we're supposed to love God with all of our strength. Mm-hmm. Some of us are going to have more strength than others because some of us take care of ourselves more. So wouldn't we have more strength to love God with? Yes, yeah. yeah. I told Brooke yesterday I was riding the the bike, the the stationary bike, and and I I can all I can notice that I can ride it harder, faster, longer, um, by because I've been doing it more, you know. Yeah. And so it, it felt good. And I have to tell you, as somebody who doesn't normally achieve physical results, I felt like okay, this is good for my life. I'm making progress. So yeah, keep it up, Rudy. That's great. Yeah, I need to. Really, you cannot separate spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, financial health. You just can't yeah. separate them. They're all intertwined and related to one another. So. Yeah, I believe that, and I've I've experienced it as as well. Okay, so you went to grad school. You're you're doing contract work. When you can, you mentioned your your family's important to you. Obviously, faith is important. The Lord's important, most important. Uh, but I'm curious, what on a day-to-day basis, the mundane, maybe this is what I'm asking for, what gets you up in the day? Besides the Lord's sovereign hand and will, but like for you, you wake up and you think, I am ready to tackle the day because of, what are you excited about? Um, a thing that I wake up excited about <clears throat> is having my time with the Lord in the morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that's the first thing I think of when I wake up, and I think I want to get out of bed because I can't wait to read the Psalms of the day because I know, already know what they're going to be now because I've read them so much. I already know what's, you know, what's coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, every, you know, I think every day I think, oh, these are my favorite Psalms. But then mm-hmm. the next no, these are my favorite <laughs> Whatever I'm reading at the time, you know. Um, I have been stuck in the book of Ezekiel lately. Mm. That is the wildest book ever. I just get excited reading mm. it. I mean, mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they're talking about, but it's pretty cool. It's yeah. just, it's awesome, and I it's you know it's all true, and it's all gonna happen, and I'm gonna be there, and so are you. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so then why why would you even go to sleep? Why don't you just read throughout the night? What, what are, are you, uh, you have to rest? Back to the health thing. Huh? Uh, yeah, I mean we have human limitations. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Got to work within our parameters and boundaries. And, you know, if I don't go to sleep early, <laughs> that's actually my number one priority in my day: going to bed early. <laughs> That's, and what's early? What's early for you these days? Well, these days, it's really early because um, Mark probably told you he is he went he broke out of retirement. Did he tell you that? He, he broke did out of retirement. Yeah. yeah, he did tell me. Okay. Yeah, he did tell well, me. He has to get up really early. He leaves at five forty-five. So oh wow. We usually get up around five. <clears throat> so we're in bed by eight thirty. <laughs> Just one more book. Um, 
talking about the Psalms. This mm-hmm. is written by um, a pretty um, high church. Mm. I would I guess I'd describe them. It's called Christ in the Psalms. Mm. I love this book so much. It is basically just a one or two page um, commentary on each one of the Psalms. Oh, wow. But his emphasis is how, how do you see Jesus in this yeah. Psalm? Mm-hmm. It's just opened up the Psalms in a new way that I've, I've never seen before. I, I really, really love this, this book, Christ in the Psalms. The author is Patrick Henry Reardon. Great. We'll put that in the show notes too. Thank you. That's really, really helpful. Really helpful. I, I'm going to need to pick that one up. The, t- the cover alone is very yeah. intriguing. I love it. So, um, okay. So that's great for resources. If you have more, you can always send them, you know, along. Do you have more that send them along? And well, this is what vessels. I'm reading right now. It's called Earthen Vessels. Mm-hmm. And it's by... It's basically what I want to study out more right now, how um, the integration of the body, soul, spirit, heart, um, mm. and, you know, just how, how the body is important to God. Mm. His point, I haven't gotten all that far in there, but it's really good. It's really deep. Um, he talks about how the body must be really, really important to God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just gives a whole new value. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's really good. That's a really good. Maybe, can you take that a step further? Where, or, or ought we to take it a step further and, and say... Um, to the global church, even if you want to, but let's keep it at the local level for the local expression of the body of Christ. What is the importance of the value of that expression being healthy in order to be a blessing to the world around us? That's something I've been wondering about. And I'm just, we've been talking about health. We've been talking about our own personal lives, but then when we take it into the collective, like uh, body of Christ, it seems it seems important. It seems really important. <laughs> so I don't know. Important. Do you have a thought on that? Yes. Uh, I think number one, and this is very countercultural, our bodies are not ours. Mm. We don't own our bodies. Mm. The creator owns our bodies. Mm. And therefore, do we have the right to do whatever we want with our body? Mm. No. <laughs> yeah. That is countercultural. Yeah. It's very countercultural, but we really don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the body was designed to function the best within certain parameters. Um, and if we violate that, then we have to live with the consequences of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And just a little tagline on my website, you know. Why, why do we want to have, why do we want to be healthy? We want to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. Because yeah. if we can't take care of ourselves, then we, we, we're no use. Like you said before, we're, we can't be taking care of others. Yeah, yeah. That's so important. Well, I'm going to keep thinking on that thought as well in terms of the, 
um, the physical body, that's really helpful. And then also the, uh, the metaphorical, when he takes it to the body of Christ and he's the head and, and the church being of, of good to the society. And, you know, as we, we sit here in Fort Collins, we want to, we're having our first service, our first public service on September 8th. We have not had one yet. And we're, and and we're, so we're going to do that. And part of the reason why is we think I've been wondering if, when we come together, um, you, you got the, you know, if you got the um, the life being lived in our little pockets all over town. When we come together, then it's a little, it's a brighter light. We can be a little bit more um, seen, if you will, and and hopefully, and it ought to be that we would be helpful to our neighbors. You know, that we would be um, build it, help people and do more and, and not just be for our sake. If we, it's just for our sake, well then might as well stay in my house, you know, and, and keep doing what I do. So anyhow, so we're going to, we're going to explore that a little bit as we look through Ephesians, but, um, you know, I just had this thought is like, it's too bad y'all, you guys can't, can't be here. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have it on online and you can, you can look at things there. Okay. So we'll be wrapping up here probably should wrap it up. We're going, getting good information from you. Good help. Um, but do you have, as it relates to going forward in the name of Jesus, just um, tomorrow's another day, going after the Lord tomorrow and doing that over the course of the lifetime, what pieces of advice do you have that you might either emphasize, you've already said, or you'd want to add to your advice to help us keep going? Hmm. Wow. So much I can say. Uh, Lord, help me. Mm. This. Um. I think of Psalm ninety. It's mm, uh, me too. One of my. Well, it's Moses. Yes. Uh, yeah. Kind of one of my life promises. Um. And at the end of it, it talks about our life being really short. Mm-hmm. Um. And basically making the best use of it. And at the end, it talks about that ask God to establish the work of our hands. Um, and I think letting God do that and knowing, being confident that God is doing that. Like when I look at my life, I feel like I'm really not doing that much, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing really that significant or big or famous or anything. And if I think of it that way, that's kind of depressing. But if I think, well, I'm, led by the spirit and um i don't have to see results i don't have to understand what i'm doing but i just mm. have to, this is what god wants me to be doing right now mm. he has a plan for it and when i get you know to heaven i will look back and i'll see oh that's why you led me in that direction it seemed mm. like around in circles <laughs> you actually had a plan and it's really cool mm-hmm. um so i think not trying to figure it out and just mm-hmm. trusting god knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and i think going back to the verse in ecclesiastes it's a gift to just really enjoy your work um and i i really yeah. Enjoy, yeah, i just i really enjoy all the different roles that god has me playing right now Mm. and I mean getting older can be it can be a really challenging thing for people but I love it I Mm. 
I never want to go back to being in my 20s yeah. or 30s again because mm-hmm. just God has changed me so much. I'm so much happier, so much mm. peaceful and content now. Um, I just enjoy life so much more. I enjoy people more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just because I enjoy the Lord more and mm. seeing Him, seeing Him in everything that I'm doing, seeing Him and all the people around me. Um, <sighs> that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's so good. I it makes me think of two things, and I'll maybe I'll, I'll close my side of this with this, but I'd love to hear if you have thoughts on it. One, my mom used to always tell me um, that age was a kind of a state of mind, but she would, when she became a Christian, she started kind of using that kind of thought and saying, you know, you know, age and, and our, our life. I mean, what is it if it's not to be lived for him? And, and thus like you can do anything, any time. Um, it's not really yours anyways. And so the Lord would have you do things and, and essentially take, take um, joy in that. Like if the Lord has you be at home, be at home. And if the Lord has you step out and go to grad school, go to grad school and whatever it may be um, to not worry too much about those things, or perhaps even what people might say, or, you know, maybe you're too young for that. You're too old for that or whatever, but rather just to say, well, it's the lot the Lord has given me and I'll, I'll live it unto him. And so I don't know why that, what you said sparked that thought in me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So any thoughts on that? just you know when you're young you don't think about being old and you think especially when you're a young family you're just having kids you kind of feel like this is always going to be your life yeah but get to the point where your kids are older and they don't really need you that much Mm -hmm. um and you feel and you realize it's only half my life that's over you know and if i Mm. i've got a lot of years left yeah yeah so I think it's just being available and open to whatever. I would have never dreamed that my life would turn out the way it is right now. And I have yeah. no idea what the next 40 years <laughs> are yeah. going to uh, Like that verse in Jeremiah says, <clears throat> this world, our life, our life is not our own and the world is not our home. You know, mm-hmm. and, how how then can man understand his way? We we can't we can't try to figure it out and just go with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. So the second thought that came to mind was uh, our our church's um, tagline, if you will, or idea that we try to say. It's one of our values is um, savoring life in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I and I tell people it's not just about savoring life, like. A lot of people do that, but it's really that in Christ part as well. That as believers, um, you know, like your like the verse you have there on, on your on your email, the, the Ecclesiastes verse. Is it not right that we would enjoy life while we have it to be to be enjoyed? You know, and so um, yes, life can be hard and challenging, and it has its certainly its its difficulties. But in the Lord, um, it seems like it's good to savor what the Lord's given us. And, and I like that word because our, our name is Allium Church, which is comes from the onion. So it's the, yeah. the onion garlic, and it makes food savory, t- 
food tastes better in my opinion with onions in it. Um, and so the idea was, yeah, that's what we're here for to help people savor life in Christ. Great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Do, I was going to say, what do you think of that? That's maybe the first time you've heard that. Right. I just, that's the first time I connected allium. I knew allium is in onions and garlic and stuff, but I never connected that allium with the name of your church. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. I love that. And I love just the visual image that savoring life with Christ stirs up. And I mean, it's like the banqueting hall, you know, and his banner over us is love. And yeah. really great. Uh, it's, you know, it's amazing how much the Bible talks about food. Mm. And when you're fasting, you really realize how much the Bible yeah. talks about food. Yeah. Um, that is true. Ooh. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on this podcast today. Well, thanks for asking me, Rudy. It was great just seeing your face and your smile and catching up with you a little bit. Yeah. Do you mind if I pray for you? Oh, please. And, and it's interesting you bring up Psalm 90 because that's what I prayed for Mark the other day for y'all's family. Uh, establish the works of their hands, Lord. Establish the works of their hands. So, yeah, I, I love that ending to Psalm 90. But but yeah, let's pray and um, and then we'll we'll be done with this podcast today. Well, thanks, Kristen. I really appreciate you spending time with me today, uh, passing on some of your wisdom and just some of your habits and just some of your personal stories there about how you continue to draw close to the Lord. And um, for all of you that are listening, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I know some of you have told me you subscribed on YouTube or. Um, on Apple uh, Podcasts. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, that's fun for me to know because every time I upload um, a podcast, you'll get it uh, in your inbox. So kind of be looking for that. And the next one I'll be putting up probably in a few weeks here, um, aiming to have one about every two to four weeks. So, um, but yeah, that's it for today's conversation with Kristen. I hope that it did encourage you, like I said, as much as it encouraged me. Um, of course, I know Kristen really well, but for those of you that don't, maybe you got to get down to Austin, Texas to meet Kristen. So until next time, go forward in the name of Jesus, and thanks for catching up with me.